So today we're taking a break from our teaching series in Isaiah, which is what we're going through the other uh, Sundays during the year. Uh, today we'll be looking at the fifth commandment in the book of Exodus today, and we'll try to understand its meaning and purpose, and then connect it to Jesus' fulfillment and enabling power for us to obey it. So here's my main idea. The gospel of Jesus Christ enables us to truly honor our mothers. Through the gospel of Christ, regardless of your relationship with your mom, you can give her honor on this day. So let's begin with the verse again. Exodus chapter 20, 12, pretty straight and forward and simple. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. If you were raised in church or in Sunday school or have driven by a local courthouse if they haven't been torn down yet, you know that this is part of the Ten Commandments. And that the Ten Commandments in the nation of Israel served three purposes, which I want to remind us before we talk about this specific commandment. First, the purpose of the law or the Ten Commandments reveals the nature of the God of the covenant with his people. The purpose of the Ten Commandments is to reveal the nature of God. The first three commandments will deal with our relationship with God. The final six will deal with our relationship with one another. But the first purpose of it is always to reveal the nature and character of the God of the covenant with his people. You see, with God, relationship always precedes requirement. Relationship always precedes requirement. So if you are not a people of the covenant of God, the Ten Commandments don't make sense and they sound a little strange. But when you are a people of the covenant of God, when you have a relationship with God, then the Ten Commandments become a requirement, a, a boundary, a, a law within the context of your life to govern and to experience the blessings of God. Second, the law defines the people of the covenant. The laws define the people of the covenant. How do we know who's a person within the context of the covenant? The law of God was meant to provide Israel, the nation of Israel, and ultimately guide the church as a boundary for how to live. The, the people of God live differently than the people who are not of God. Amen? Man, that was one of the purposes of the Ten Commandments, was to define the boundaries, who's in and who's out. And then finally, third, the third purpose of the law was it defines the area within which God's people will experience the blessings of the covenant. The law, the Ten Commandments, would define the area in which when God's people would obey them, would experience the blessings of the covenant. And of all the Ten Commandments, the, the Fifth Commandment with itself actually gives us a promised blessing. If you look in your Bibles again, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. When God delivered these commandments to the nation of Israel, he attached a promise to this commandment, that they would honor their mothers and fathers, that they would experience long days of blessing in the land that he was providing for them in the context of the Exodus narrative. The gospel of Jesus Christ is present right here in these commandments. They provide liberation and freedom. Within the fifth commandment, God's loving instructions are for the remaining free. As, I, as I, we've already read, we know that the fifth commandment is concerned with honoring our parents, who have the amazing and awesome role in the family of representing God to their children. And so if you're a parent out there, know that God has given you children for two purposes. The primary purpose is for you to represent God to them. 
Before Sunday school classes, before church program, before uh, vacation Bible school programs existed in which a church community helped parents to teach their children about Jesus, the child's primary teacher or influencer for the gospel of Jesus Christ will be you, mom and dad. You bear that primary responsibility before the church ever does. The second uh, purpose of giving you children, if God has chosen to do that within the context of your life, is to sanctify you. And if you're a parent, you know that. <laughs> you know that your children can serve to test you and reveal your unchristlike character very quickly. I did not know how selfish I was until I had children. They're given to us to sanctify us, to teach us. Because every time your child disobeys you, guess what you get to experience? You get to experience a little bit of what God experienced in Genesis 3. Every time you extend grace and mercy to a child who doesn't deserve it, you get to experience a little bit of what God is doing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we were to be honest, moms, you're probably better at it than us as dads. And so if your mom out there, every time you provide loving service, Every time you are patient and provide tender care, every time you provide warmth and hospitality to your children, every time you freely dispense generosity to them, every time you bring fierce whoopings upon them, you are teaching your children about God. We know how to pray for Alex, for sure. Let's dig into the commandment. That's right. The commandment that God provides here is to honor. Is to honor. Let's dig into that word a a little bit. Uh, The Hebrew word here can mean to uh, give weight to something or to even be heavy. So there is a a, a burden or or a, a weighted measure of attention and focus that our parents deserve from us. That is, we might say that it is to take someone seriously. To offer that person a profound respect and a place of important reverence. A person born into the first century, particularly during Jesus' time in the Mediterranean world, whether they were Gentile or Jewish, was trained from childhood to seek honor and to avoid disgrace. The whole culture of Jesus' day was built on this concept of honor and disgrace. It was how they socially policed one another. Those people who exhibited attributes that were worthy and beneficial to society, they received honor. And those people who did not exhibit those attributes received disgrace or shame. So then honor is essentially the affirmation of one's worth by one's peers in society awarded on the basis of that individual's ability to embody the virtues and attributes that his or her society values. Honor, in its context, is affirming the worth of someone. And in the context of culture, it is distinctly attributed to that person's ability to live out the virtues and attributes that that society or person finds worthy. In a nutshell, what God is promising here to his people is that as dependents, if they will take care of their parents, he will take care of them. Just as God is promising to take care of his dependents, his children, the nation of Israel, for a long time in the promised land, 
So those individual Israelites must take care of their dependent parents for a long time as necessary in their own families. The fifth commandment looks forward to the nation's tenure in the land of promise. And if they will treat their parents the way God has treated them, he promises to bless them. To help us understand kind of some practical things, what it means to honor our parents, particularly our mothers, I want to look to the Heidelberg Catechism. This is one of our confessions of faith. It's broken up into 52 Lord's Days, which consists of questions and answers. And question 104 on Lord's Day 39 directly deals with the fifth commandment when it says this, what is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? What does God want me to do that I might receive the blessing in the land that he would give to us? The answer is this, that I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me, that I submit myself with proper obedience to all their good teaching and discipline, and also that I be patient with their failings, for through them God chooses to rule us. Included in this fifth commandment is our entire duty to love our neighbor as ourself. All of our neighbors, but in particularly those in authority over us which starts in our life with our parents. They're the first authority that God places over us. As we rise up and grow, we're given teachers, coaches. As we graduate and go to school, we're given professors. And then when we gain employment, we're given uh, managers and employers over us. And in, in our in terms of our government, we're given elected officials. All of that is contained within this fifth commandment, showing honor to those who are in authority over you, primarily and chiefly, beginning with your parents. If you are an individual that shows honor to your parents, you will be an individual who is able to show honor to those who are in authority over you. And let's face it, honoring others is a difficult task. Because in our nature, we are sinful beings before the grace of God gets a hold of us. And so it's difficult to give weight authority and deference to another individual because in our own sinful nature we are so concerned with our own weight worth and value to truly give honor to another requires a suspension of self-glorification and self-honor and instead to give that honor worth and value to another it requires us to give, up, to give up the honor we imagine belongs to us and give it to another. To inconvenience ourselves for the benefit of another. To rise up in the presence of the aged and authority over us and thereby ultimately we honor God. Who is first and primary in authority over us. So what are some practical ways we can show honor? What are some things that you could do like today? If you showed up to church and you forgot today was Mother's Day, I'm going to help you out. Here's some practical things you can do to show honor instead of just stopping at the local pharmacy to get those old flowers that are left over that nobody else wants. Um, <laughs> number one, something that you can just practically do to show honor is to speak kindly to an individual and about them. You might remember this counsel and advice your mother gave you early in your life when she said, watch your mouth. That's essentially my first point. How can you show honor? Watch your mouth. Pay attention to the words that come out of your mouth 
Speak kindly to your mother. Speak kindly about your mother. Jesus will remind his disciples that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you struggle to honor those in authority over you in your life, it's not a a vocabulary problem, it's a heart problem. The problem isn't in your head and what you think, the problem is in your heart and what you've rooted in there. And that's the place you can start. So if you struggle with showing honor to your mother, specifically today for Mother's Day, and begin with, with praying and asking God to change your heart toward her. But begin by speaking kindly to her and uh, about her today. Again, watch your mouth. Number two, by showing them consideration. By showing them consideration. What do I mean by that? I mean, consider them. Consider them, not, not just for the office that they hold, which is your mother today, but consider them as a whole person. The trouble with, with us as children is, is we, we, we get caught into the temptation of reducing our mom to her office or position of authority, not recognizing that she was an entirely whole person before we ever showed up. Consider them, consider their thoughts, their feelings, their opinions. Might I challenge you with a question? When was the last time you asked your parents or your mother for today what they thought about anything? And then just listened. And then just listened. To show another person consideration is to be thoughtful and careful with them. What do I mean by that? I mean to be full of thought for them, to be full of thought. Now it's easy, Mother's Day is easy to be full of thought about mom. It's on our calendars printed for us. But what about the other 364 days? Today's not just the one day we show honor, but honor is a lifetime of experience. So being full of thought for our mother, being full of care for our mother. What is she like? What is she into? What does she appreciate? What does she like to receive? What's her favorite color? What's her favorite holiday? What's her favorite season? What's her favorite order from Starbucks? I don't care. You pick it. But be thoughtful and considerate. To be thoughtful and careful with her is to be full of thought for her, to be full of care for her. Here's some negatives. So, here's, so those are some do's. Here's some do nots okay, that will help us show honor. Here's some do nots. Um, do not disregard or feel ashamed of your parents because of their personality, occupation, or weaknesses. Do not discount them, disregard, or feel ashamed of your parents because of their personality, occupation, or weaknesses. Their personality and weaknesses were given to them by God for your benefit. Number two. Seek not to, excuse me, seek to, do not disobey those things with which, that which would violate your mother's conscience. Do not disobey those things, excuse me, do not do or do not disobey those things that would violate your mother's conscience. Know what those things are, you've got to know your mom. You just got to know your mom. You got to know what those things, what, what are those deal breakers for her so these are those actions and activities that we participate in in children that we might use the vernacular of, well, that, that would break my mother's heart if I did that. 
These are those things to avoid. And most likely, our mothers have been kind enough to let us know what those are as we've grown up. And if we've forgotten, have a conversation. Here's some positives, some more positives. To-dos. Love your mother and obey her commands and submit yourself to her authority, notwithstanding who she is. Again, not being ashamed of who she is. She's your mom. And I know you didn't get to pick her, but your loving Heavenly Father did. And he doesn't do anything on accident. Amen? Your mom is your mom on purpose. And so whatever role she's playing in your life is a role designed by God for your good and benefit. Maybe your mom's easy to love. Maybe she was the the, the soccer mom, the team mom, the classroom mom. She was there at every moment, there at every moment, everything, every major event. You can think of the event and the next very thing you can think of is your mom. But maybe that's not her. Maybe as you think of your mother, as I said earlier, it's pain and, and sorrow. God is either teaching you about his love through the blessing of having that mom who was always present, or he is teaching you about his love through the absence of that mom who is gone. For those who experience the mom who is always there, you get to experience the tender kindness of God by looking at your mom. For those who experience the love of God through an absentee mom, God is teaching you that there is a greater love and capacity than human love. That his love is greater than a mother's love. Now here's the difficult part, and, I'm touch- and I've touched on it just now, but the commandment in Exodus 20 doesn't give us a qualifier. It doesn't say, honor your mother and father only as they are good and honorable people. I checked. It's not even in the Hebrew. It's just not. The commandment just tells us to honor. In this letter, as an epistle to the church, the apostle Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, when he says, Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Now, if you know uh, first century history, you know that the Roman emperor at this time was Nero. And Nero was responsible for such atrocities as killing his own mother and burning Christians in public. This is a bad dude, period. History judges him so. But listen to 1 Peter 2, 17 again. Honor the emperor. What? How can Peter call the Christian church to give honor to someone who so clearly demonstrates dishonorable behavior? Or, how do we honor a mother who we feel has acted dishonorably toward us? This is the part that we need Jesus. Because if Peter can call his fellow Christians to honor such an emperor as Nero, then the command to honor our parents is not made void by a, having a dishonorable parent. 
Just as the command Jesus gives us to love our neighbors as ourselves is not made void because our neighbor might be undesirable. God's commands still apply in a sinful and broken world full of dishonorable parents and imperfect neighbors. In fact, I might suggest this morning that a dishonorable parent and an undesirable neighbor is actually a gift of grace to us by our Heavenly Father. Consider for a moment what the gospel has to teach us about honoring the dishonorable. Who are we by nature and by choice before Jesus gets a hold of us? This is an easy one. Come on. Sinners, right? This is an easy one, right? If you remember Romans 5.8. For while we were still, where's that word again? Sinners, Christ died for us. Here's what the gospel has to teach us about honoring the dishonorable. Jesus himself, the perfect one, the only one do honor on any cosmic and religious scale. The only one worthy of honor and respect and a place of trust. Jesus himself lays down his life willingly for us while we were still sinners. Or let me rephrase, while we were still dishonorable, Jesus gave us honor. So if God has given you someone dishonorable to love this day, whether it's a neighbor or your mom, here's what God is doing. He is revealing to you exactly what he has done for you and challenging you now to do the same. The difficulty with which you find to give that dishonorable person honor God overcomes with his great love. It is the gospel key that enables us to live into this commandment. Jesus is the only one who is truly honorable and yet bestows upon us what he was rightfully owed. Thus enabling us now through the Holy Spirit to live a life giving honor to others. Consider Jesus' perfect obedience and willingness to honor his heavenly Father above himself cost him even his own life. In Christ, we can now grow in the grace of honoring our earthly parents for the still greater honor of our heavenly Father. Because ultimately, when you are willing to honor a dishonorable person in the context of your life because of your knowledge of Jesus, who gets the greater honor? Not that earthly individual, but your heavenly Father. Why? Because your life and your action in those moments serve as testimony. Because you'll be asked, hey, how, how can you love someone that is so dishonorable? And you can answer, I too was dishonorable once. And someone loved me and transformed me and changed me. Isn't this the gospel? Isn't this what God has done for us? What now he call, might be calling you to do today? To love the dishonorable? Just as children obey your parents does not include obeying their sinful commands, so too does honoring your father and mother not include honoring their dishonorable behavior. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm not talking about a, a proving behavior that is dishonorable. What I'm talking about 
is providing a testimony to the life transformation and power of Jesus Christ. We honor them because the nature of the gospel is that we didn't get what we deserve. We don't do it for their sake. We do it for Jesus' sake. We don't even honor them because we love them. We honor them because God has loved us. We honor because God loves us and has given them to us because he loves us and calls us to honor them because he loves us. Consider Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Just as children are called to obey their parents, we too as God's children are called to obey his commands. And the power to do so is the same as is fitting in the Lord Jesus Christ. What will provide true honor to your mother this day is a life submitted to Jesus. Not the best flower, not the best card, not the best phone call. What truly will provide honor to your mother this day is a life submitted to Jesus Christ is a life that recognizes that apart from God, we are dishonorable and that we lack the power to change. We must submit ourselves to Jesus, repent of our old nature, and honor him first and foremost. By doing that, we will achieve the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to truly honor our father and mother. Would you pray with me, church? Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the privilege of opening your word, being present with your people, to examine your commands and your gospel. See that which you have done for us and to give praise back to you. Father God, as we now turn our attention to worship, I pray for those who today is a day of celebration, that they would worship you now because of the good gift of a good mom. But God, I also pray for those who, for today, there's some pain, there's some hurt. That today, Father, you would provide healing. That today you would minister to their soul. And whatever's causing that pain or sorrow would be comforted. Because you are a good heavenly father who loves us. Father, I pray now as we prepare to receive communion, to give our offerings, and to lift up our voices, that you would be glorified. And we ask this in Jesus' name.